Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to Radio Wasteland. I'm your host, Chauncey Hallworth, and this is my co-host, Sean. Hello. How are you doing today, Sean? See, every time you start the show by asking me that, and I'm worried that if, like, I give an answer that leads to a deep and involved discussion, I'll be, like, derailing the entire show, because what if something happened in your life? You're, you're mock- making me you're feel mocking guilty, me, aren't you? Is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, well, you brought that up the other time, and now I just think about that every time. Like, every oh time my you God, wondered, like, I, I feel selfish it... now that you're asking me, how's it going? How is it going, Sean? I'm trying to learn how to astral project. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. It's not working. I, I'm tempted well, to Well, not say... tonight, but our guest next week is going to be able to help you with that. Oh, okay. Well, I'll I'll just try and, you know... Keep on keeping on until then. Yeah, well, our our next week's guest is Ra from Spiral Radio, and it's all about the astral plane. Oh, wow. Okay. That's that's fortuitous. Yeah. I didn't actually know that. <laughs> right. Well, so keep trying, and maybe you'll, uh, maybe you'll meet him out there. Yeah, maybe. So. so have you gotten anywhere with this? I have gotten exactly nowhere. Um, well, that's not true. Like, I didn't explore some realm of non-existence or anything. I just have not been able to successfully astral project. And so so I've actually um, tried doing some meditation in, in order to, to try. My goal was to astral project. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't... I can sort of... Like, I, I, the goal is kind of you get yourself into this sort of state where you're sort of asleep and sort of awake, and then you, like... Trancy. Right. Well, I can get into a state where I can do the thing that they say where you try and, like, move your hand or something without actually moving your hand. Oh. So, like, I I can get that far, but getting the... And did you move your hand without actually moving your hand? Yes. How do do you know? Well, because I felt my hand move, but my actual hand did not move. It was where it was. Oh, really? It's kind of like this bifurcation type thing. But, I mean, that's just like, you just imagine your hand moving, and when you're, like, on the verge of dreaming, you know, it it feels real. Wow. So it's kind of this weird thing. It's like your whole body becomes a phantom limb. Yeah, kind of. Huh. It's... Yeah, it's weird stuff, but I I haven't been able to get any further than that. So. The closest I've been able to come is to meditate without falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which yeah. which actually I was I was very um inspired by those results cuz I thought I was just going to fall right asleep. Right. You know. Well, that's very easy to do if you're chronically sleep deprived like most adults. And I am <laughs> I am chronically sleep deprived. Yeah. So um our our guest tonight um I'm he he does astrology, and we're dealing with um, predictions for 2018. Yes, which is coming right up, as some of our listeners may know. Yep, yeah, Our others Jeff. are like, what month is it? His name is Jeff Harmon, <laughs> and for those of you who uh, don't know, it is December, which is the end of the year. Yes. Meaning 2018 is right, right Widely acknowledged as the last month of the year. Yeah, my wife says I'm not allowed to ask him when I'm going to die. I think you should ask him. But she she told me not to. Well, does she listen to the show? Sporadically. Okay, well, <laughs> she might be making a spot check tonight. But right, yeah. I don't know. You can't... I would like to know when you're going to die. <laughs> Why don't I ask him when you're going <laughs> to You can ask him when I'm going to die. Huh. 
Do you already know? Have you have you ever asked anybody that? Uh, no, I I haven't. People, I well, I don't know, but I suspect people get weirded out if you just come up to strangers and they'll like. Well, you I know meant somebody who maybe die. right. I meant somebody maybe with some sort of degree in in knowing right. when I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. No, I, I yeah. don't know when I'm going to die. I know how I'm going to die because of tarot cards. But. Well, I I think um you know a lot of the things that we're going to ask him are probably a little more vague, you know, and not so singularly specific. Well, maybe, but we might be surprised if like we ask him, okay, how am I going to die? And he's just definitively says something like porpoise. Yeah, It'll be porpoise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> that kills you. Yeah, porpoise. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it could happen. Okay, so so on a on a vaguer level, on right. a on a macrocosmic level, sure. Anything you'd want to know about the future? Well, I I would be curious to know what I guess the stars say for 2018. Just well, because, that's what, that's right? What that's what that was what we're going to ask, right? And I, I'm given to understand that. You know, every year there there is a sort of definitive answer to that because, mm-hmm. you know, the stars are in a specific place um, and there's a little bit of interpretation there, there and there's a lot of variables so you can't just look it up, right? So, well, I mean, if they... If, so I would be excited to ask him. If there's destiny, you know, you can just look it up or... Okay, well, you the, can just look it up, but misnamed you have to, Or the misnamed chaos math. Right, but you, you have know. to spend hours, like, combing through star charts and stuff, and, you know, who, who has time for that? Our guest. Our apparently. guest does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his job. Yes, well, exactly. It's not my job, so I'm going to get the lowdown from Okay, him. I think you're missing the point here. I asked, right. is there anything that you'd like to know About specifically on a worldly level of what's coming up next year? Okay. When is the world going to die? You want to know if the world's going to end in the next year? Yeah. I mean, I want to see if this guy is kind of in sync with the Nibiru guy. The Nibiru guy didn't think... Oh, oh, Mead? No, yeah, Mead. Oh, right, right. I thought you were Who is currently predicting December. It's going to end this month. Well, that's... That's going to make all of this guy's predictions. (laughs) If if the world ends in December... Well, he might tell us that, too. Like, sorry, guys, no 2018. What can I say? I don't think so. Well? Well, I think some of the regular topics that we're definitely going to want to know about is is natural disasters is probably a a common one. Yeah, well, political developments, I I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking with my wife before coming down here, and she has this, like, I don't know, this kind of unhealthy interest in uh, earthquakes. Hmm. And, like, she'll sit there and be all... There was an earthquake somewhere in the world. And, like, she'll look up on her phone and, and be all, yeah, yeah, one just happened in Peru. <laughs> and I'm just all, aren't there earthquakes all the time? But, like, you know, she's, like, in touch, man. She knows. Yeah. And, like, other people won't feel earthquakes, and it'll turn out that there was, like, a 2.8 in Reading and nobody knew. I, but I knew. really just want to know about this guy's process. Because I have tried to, like, look up the answers to questions like this in astrology because I'm, like... Is there just an answer that astrologers agree on about what's going to happen next year? And as it turns out, sort of, but but mostly no. Like there's a vague answer, and then you. That's take what it I've wondered along. too. Like, where are they getting this answer? Are they like doing right. the math, and then they came up with it, or is there some sort of like 
um, psychic discernment going on? You know, where are yeah, these I'm, answers Yeah, I'm really from? not sure. And the last astrologer we had on this show was... J.C. Nova. Yeah. yeah, was an intuitive astrologer. Right. She was also... Like, there was a bit of psychic reading involved in it. So right. it wasn't just like, let me go get the reference books and check what's going to happen next year based on where the stars are. You know, there's that, and then there's an, another level to it that, that this guy can do that, you know, your layman cannot necessarily just do with Google. All right. Well, our guest tonight is Jeff Harmon, and uh, we're going to commercial, and when we come back... We're going to find out what 2018 has in store right here on Radio Wasteland. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland and our guest, Jeff Harmon. We got you there with us? Maybe not. Well, our guest tonight is Jeff Harmon, and we, I think I hear you. Hello, how are you? How are you doing? <laughs> doing good, thank you. Uh, I'm... Just uh, for better introductions, I'm Chauncey, and this is my co-host here, Sean. Hello. Well, good to meet you both. Good to meet you, and uh, we're pretty excited about, uh, you know, what you're going to be talking to us about tonight. And before you came on, we were talking a little bit about the process of of doing, well, here I got a better question to start out with. What do we call you? Are you a predictionist? Well, that's a good question. You know, I really don't like to be thought of that way because I don't do modern astrology. A lot of people think that astrology, they, in fact, it's been so impregnated in the mind of, of modern uh, astrology that we are our astrology. Like most people know their sun sign. I, I don't do that type of astrology. I, I use a much more ancient version that actually dates back to ancient India, and then also the other versions that came up out of Egypt. Is it Vedic? And, well, Vedic is Vedic. one. We learned a little bit from our from an astrologer we had on before, and that was something that I learned. But uh, you're doing something different. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I am doing Vedic as well, but Vedic is kind of a pop term. The The real name of Vedic astrology is called Jyotisha, which means the science of the light of the soul, and an older system is called Nadi, N-A-D-I. And those two I love, and I also love the the what we call traditional or classical stuff. That's what many secret societies like the Masons and the Knights Templar and so on and so forth had used. And um, there's an amazing amount of history in that through all the way back to Greece and Egypt, and particularly in the Middle Ages throughout Europe. And uh, that offers a whole nother type of astrology. And, you know, I do a lot of business stuff and I do a lot of things for people um, uh, in politics and in banking. And it's it's amazing the tools that are available. And so it's not predicting the future. It's more predicting energies. And we still have free will. It, it, you know, it's like driving a car. If you don't pay attention to the road signs or the stop-and-go lights, well, you're probably not going to have a great drive, or it might be pretty eventful. Um, whereas if you are, you're likely to navigate it better. And I always like to take ancient astrology and say it is a tool that helps you guide yourself. So one of the questions uh, we had before you came on is, is – how does this work? We couldn't figure out if it was like a massive math equation or if there was some level of psychic intuitiveness going on or discernment. Um, you know, how how does an astrologer 
do this? Well, that's a great question. It, it is very heavily math involved and geometry involved. In fact, the ancient astrology, uh, Jyotish or Vedic astrology is very mathematical. So is the traditional stuff. Um, it is looking, it's literally astronomy scientifically applied, but it's, it's done within the framework of a zodiac that is much different than the modern zodiac. Um, it's, it's much more sophisticated. And I was, I, I gotta tell you a quick story. When I first got into astrology it was in 19, in the mid 70s, about 1975. And when I was much younger in the 60s, I saw my mother had medical astrology sitting around. You know, I never thought a thing of it. And then in the mid 70s, my mother started pegging my girlfriend so accurately. I said, wait a minute. I said, what are, what are you doing here? I said, this, this is too accurate to be mother's intuition. And she started showing me, and I was actually pretty skeptical. I'm like, come on, you know, how, how can the planets have any effect on anything down here? You know, this is the, the typical skeptical response to astrology. And, you know, back then I was really into science. In fact, I still love science, and I used to do forensics work with the various different agencies in, in county and state and federal. And, you know, I've always been, hey, you know, show me the bottom line. I've got to see something works before I'm going to believe it. And I have to say, when I started researching astrology in the 70s, and particularly the 80s and 90s, and I was very blessed to have many different teachers, um, and I, I serendipitously also ran into many paranormal things and, and got a blessing of some amazing training in, in the Kabbalistic stuff and in some of the ancient Vedantic practices that are much, much broader than astrology, but astrology supported it, like clearing properties, clearing people. I also do a lot with gemstones and talismans for people that uh, are amazing. And um, it, it really made a believer out of me. I'm like, hey, you, you can't strike this off to chance. So, yes, intuition comes in. It's kind of like when a doctor looks at an MRI, they're going to say, well, we see this, and, and these are the conclusions, and then they draw or extrapolate a, a potential you know, uh, scenario. And that's very similar how astrology works, is when you see many things lining up, um, it is very scientific in, in the analysis, but in the outcome, yes, you do bridge the probabilities. Like this morning, I had a, I can't mention names, I had a politician that I was consulting with, and I can't say what about, but it was some pretty heavy-duty stuff, millions and millions of dollars involved, and they were asking a particular outcome, and I said, this looks fairly disastrous, and it has been. <laughs> and um, it's, it's interesting how astro now astrology won't solve that person's problem. They still have to contend with the attorneys and all the various people intertwined in that Gordian knot. But it gives them insight. It, it's kind of like, again, you know, the military will tell you if you, the, the key to a military operation is assessing the situation you're in. You know, is this an impasse, or can we make it? And if so, what are the, you know, the, the parameters? And that's very how much how astrology can guide. It, it shows you what you're dropping yourself into, and, so and it helps. The confusion that that tends to leave me with, you know, because I I thought that was, <laughs> um, is when you're doing predictions on a macro level. So 
helping me and giving me predictions like driving a car. You know, I drive down the road. If I hang a left when the road veers right, I'm obviously going to drive off of the road. But when we pull it out and look at the entire world, doesn't it become very gray at that point? It, it does. Oh, there's no question about it. Because, and, and that's why I love the ancient systems because I always say astrology has has very significant power, but it's not the be-all, end-all power. Um, in, in the ancient hierarchies, first there's God, and then there's the seraphims, the cherubims, and the thrones. That's a, a multiple dimension, exceedingly high, way past astrology. I mean, astrology operates way down the totem pole in the hierarchical creation. You know, and some people don't believe in God, and some people do. I personally absolutely do. And I've seen too much evidence of spirits and ghosts and, and disincarnate souls, as well as people having physical experiences with astrology, that there's no way this could happen without a divine power, call it God or what have you. So astrology operates way down the totem pole. It's actually called the third and fourth hierarchy. And and you'd have to see what I'm talking about, but there's diagrams I show people in sessions that are it, – it really puts a perspective on where we're at. And you're right. When, when you talk about a macro level, about the world itself, this is why I get calls all the time. Oh, the world's going to end. You know, Krakatoa is going to happen again with, you know, um, Yellowstone or – you know, the Chinese are going to attack, or the Russians are going to attack. Yeah, I get it all the time. In fact, it's so much it's become tedious. And 99% of the time, it, it, what, they, what they're fearing doesn't happen. Like, everyone was asking me, what do you think about the Mayan calendar ending? I said, not much. I said, I can't come up with anything. <laughs> and nothing happened. So it's not predicting the future. It's looking at probable outcomes based on cycles and and energy. So, um, so you know, a lot of people seem to be a little, uh, when it comes to a belief in God, thinking that that astrology is a is a no no. But in oh, in your belief system, <laughs> yeah. that that astrology is a science and has nothing to do with um, religion or spirituality. Oh no, it absolutely has to do with spirituality, and I think it proves God. And the real astrology, actually, you can actually get your guardian angel from astrology. Um, and that's an interesting little topic, because it's believed that the soul is attached to the embryo at conception, not birth. And the alignment at the time that the soul is tied to the body, which happens to be when it exits the womb at first breath, that's the ancient legend, is when the clock starts as we know it. Because you have to remember, life on earth, I mean, let's face it, time is relative to the celestials. What is a month? It's a cycle of the moon. What, what is a day? It's, it's sunrise, noon, sunset, midnight. So if the earth were to change its cycles, rotation, or the timing around the sun, everything would change. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, it's, it's all based on that. So it proves a divine existence. And what, what the ancient, that's why I loved ancient astrology versus the modern stuff. You know, everyone's running around saying, oh, I'm a Pisces or I'm a Libra. Well, no, you're not, I always say. I said, you're, you're a soul having a physical experience. And you're much more senior to your astrology than astrologers would have you believe. 
All right. Well, we're coming up on our first commercial break, and we're going to have some questions for you. You're listening to Jeff Harmon here on Radio Wasteland, so come on back. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland, and our guest, Jeff Harmon, and we are talking about astrology, and we're talking about what's coming up in 2018. And, uh, all right, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of the time when people want to know what's coming up in 2018, Jeff, I, I think a lot of it is, is going to have to do with politics. Right, do you, right. Do, do you have any insight as to what we can expect politically? Well, I, I think politically, you know, half the country wants to impeach Trump and the other half wants him to succeed. And I don't think I've ever seen any time in my life where it's been this crazy. Um, and the world kind of reflects that. You know, again, astro- the type of astrology I do really isn't predicting the future. It's looking at cycles. I, I don't think the world's going to end anytime soon, even though... You know, a lot of people are marching people out to meet the Messiah every other month. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I do think, um, from what I can see, that um, we are ending very much like what happened in the 16 and 17, early 1700s, an era. The, the Industrial Revolution ended uh, or I should say began, not and it began in the early 1700s. And the astrology of the ancients actually shows that. Um, it, it, the Industrial Revolution was believed to have commenced right around 1702. There was a special conjunction that had happened. And even to the skeptics of astrology, I mean, in Christianity, I mean, didn't they know that the, you know, Christ was born at a conjunction? So the, these things are, are very, very interesting because it's it's very old astrology. This is not new stuff. This has been around quite possibly as far back as Adam. And um, uh, the, the the Bible, if it could be, you know, maybe looked at without the um, dogma that has been heaped on it back in the 15th century, particularly by, by some of the religious figures like the Nicene Councils and others, we, we would see a different Bible not not that it may change, but it, I think it would be more clarified to to reflect some of the spiritual things that interact with with all this. Anyways, the the era that's coming in uh, right now is happening on the winter solstice of 2020, and this is the one I've been talking about for a long time on different radio shows because everybody's been saying, you know, geez, when's the, the you know the big thing going to shift? And I don't know that anything major is going to happen right there, but it looks like 2018 into 2019 and 20, there's going to be a lot of trouble, and I really expect, particularly by 2020. The the Iranian Russian slash Israeli thing is going to really become an issue. The Middle East looks like it's really going to become a bigger issue, especially since Russia has been doing what it's doing. And the astrology says um, we may see some events that are not cataclysmic, but but coming through here. I think weather patterns are going to get crazier, but I think. We have some stuff in mid-January that looks like the eclipse is being aspected by what we call a progression. Everyone was worried about the eclipse last August, and you know, droves of people went north and, and watched the eclipse. 
Well, the eclipses often don't have an event happening on them, but they are marker points in the sky that are aspected. And that one gets hit by mid-January. Trump himself has um, some very dangerous aspects between now and June. Um, one of the things that could be concerning is he may, if they don't try and impeach him, well, they already are trying to impeach him, but they, they may, uh, he may actually have some type of an assassination attempt on him between now and June. And I'd have to look at his chart more closely, but I can tell you he's got a very dangerous progression. And, and just to clarify that, ancient astrologers would take the birth chart and they would do what they call a progression. It's, it's literally mathematically directing the chart each year. It's called the primary direction. And that's how I knew Trump was going to win. And all the other astrologers were saying, oh, no, Hillary's going to win. And I said, not a chance. Hillary just didn't. Hillary's got some horrible things happening right now. That's why, even though she hasn't been prosecuted, she actually could run into some real legal stuff. I would not be surprised if something reopens on that email thing, and, and uh, I affectionately call her Billary, but um, I, I really think there's some possibilities, there's some real stuff that could come up there with all that that happened. And uh, Trump, if he makes it past June, he's getting out of the woods, but uh, it's quite dangerous for him right now. Yeah, um, it was in the news the other day, uh, The you know how polarized the country was uh, during the election, and statistically they did some... I don't know what they do. They go around and ask people, what's that called, a poll? Uh, yes. They went around and, and polled a bunch of people and uh, and decided that we were even more polarized today than we were during the election. And oh, so, so you're, you know, um, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody, but we have talked about how we're, we're surprised that, that people are not making attempts on his life, or maybe they are and we just don't hear about it because, because this situation has driven people crazy. I don't know if it's the, you know, um, earlier you were saying that we were in something um, akin to the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. And, yes, you know, and what, I will call it the Technology Revolution. Right, so it, here we it, are. It, at we the, are on the crest of it. Yeah, here we are at the at the beginning of the of the Technological Revolution. And, and shortly right after the, the Industrial Revolution, here in America, there was a revolution. And so, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of people... Uh, you know, seem to think that this is a, a possibility now. It could be. I, I really think we're going to see out-and-out -out fascism creeping in all over the world. The the Islamic thing, you know, like it or dislike it, it's going to get crazy. Um, I think we're also seeing a mirror of that in just human consciousness in general. There's something that happens every 20 years. It's called a Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And just to clarify... 9-11 happened on the Saturn-Pluto opposition. Then the square, the banks crashed. Well, coming up now, we have the conjunction happening in 2019 into 2020. Plain English, this is literally polarizing fascism. It's, it's just people feeling intolerant to any beliefs other than their, their own. And it's, it's a very... Um, disruptive energy, and it's brutal, too. That's the other words I would use. It's quite brutal. Um, 
And the more brutality we see, the more technology is going to encroach on us. This, this allow, you know, every time something bad happens, look, look at the Las Vegas thing, uh, look at the various shootings that are happening, the police brutality, all, all that, and, and of course the police getting shot as well. All of these things just keep mounting more and more and more pressure for technology to monitor everyone. I, I say there's going to be a camera stuck up every orifice pretty soon. And <laughs> uh, that sounds like something I'd thing, that you know? sounds like something I'd say. So I like it. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, there, there was two people in my life that I, I got to work with that I absolutely cherish. Um, and they were both iconoclasts in their own right. And one was George Carlin, and the other one was Mother Teresa. Um, those two people, I think, left an indelible impression upon me because they were both, in their own respective ways, very much alike. She was very much against uh, brutality. She was very much against people not being kind. And, and she was an iconoclast against structure and suppression of people's rights and human rights and she really was that way um and and george carlin was too he was much different you can't get two more opposite people either but yet they were alike in a lot of ways and george had a saying that's pretty accurate um if, if you've ever watched the american dream by george carlin uh that was one of his hbo specials and i also might promote George Carlin language complaints. If anyone ever wants to listen to a politician abusing the human language, the English language, you've got to listen to George Carlin language complaints because it's almost like apropos right now. Um, every politician abuses it and twists the, the truth around so much. But why I bring this up is because George had mentioned about forget the politicians, you have owners. And my opinion is that's pretty right on, because if you go back to World War One, World War Two, even look at the Civil War, as rightful as it was for the Civil War to happen about uh, slavery, which I'm glad is abolished, um, there was also undercurrents in there that were much deeper, and uh, the, the, the 13th Amendment originally was about not having... Uh, any barristers or attorneys in in office in in the, in the White House. Actually, Thomas Jefferson was for that, and I believe Benjamin Franklin too. They they actually ratified it in the Thirteenth State, but they the Civil War broke out right before it was actually finally instituted in the Constitution. Well, I'm sorry, and, Jeff. I need to cut you off. We're coming up okay. on a commercial break, but we'll come back to this topic. You're listening to our guest, Jeff Harmon, here on Radio Wasteland. Come on back. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland and our guest, Jeff Harmon, and we are talking about predictions. Um, last segment, we were talking about political predictions, and you were telling us what it'd be like to be at a party with Mother Teresa and George Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, trust that me. That Mother I... <laughs> Teresa is capable of drinking George Carlin under the table. <laughs> no, there, no, no, that would be funny. Um, be a good skit. Um, actually, I, I was just finishing a topic, and George brought it up, uh, and that was the owners in the American dream. And it relates to wars, and what, what he really was correct on is forget the politicians. Yes, they make laws, but we have something coming at us fast and furious, which is the what the astrology tends to reflect, the structure financially of the world right now 
is likely to be drastically changing over the next few years. And hopefully, 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 we can get through this without war. Russia and China, particularly Russia, has been working on alternative uh, banking systems that transfer money, like the SWIFT system. And we've been hearing this from a lot of people for a long, long time, that, oh, the financial system is going to collapse and, you know, all the fake money is going to come tumbling down. And, of course, the rush towards gold and silver and other hard assets that can get around that. Well, we may actually, the astrology, I think, is indicating that these kinds of things will come to pass here probably by 2020 into 2021. And what's interesting is the Saturn-Pluto conjunction I mentioned earlier is likely to really bring that to fore. Most of the wars, when you look back in, whether it's conspiratorial or not, you usually follow the money. The same people who funded Hitler actually funded Japan, and I won't get into that, but there's some very interesting theories on that, and I believe that they may be correct, and follow the bankers. I don't the bankers that, I don't. are beyond the countries, and somebody's printing money endlessly for us. So we need another trillion, not a problem. So we know it's money out of thin air. There's no way you could ever back the kind of currency up that's out there. So what's interesting is the entire world structure is dependent upon the petrodollar. And now we've got the yen and Russia moving into places that they've never been able to move into before. And I personally think that's why the owners let Trump in is because we're now seeing the other side of the scale come back to um, trying to reestablish American industry and energy. And it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. But the astrology says it could get pretty dicey. Uh, I think it was Rockefeller that said, I make more money in one day of war than I do in a year or three years of peace. And it's sad, but war makes money and it generates economy and it's, it, it's Hopefully the world will get by without something major like that happening. But the astrology certainly indicates that this next couple of years, particularly 219 into 220 and 221, that's when we're likely to see this crescendo to where, um, you know, it's going to have to play itself out. Right. Well, um, we don't have too much time until the end here. Uh, I have two more questions that I really want to get in there. Uh, one is, do you have any um, views on, like, you know, we just dealt with a brutal hurricane and all sorts of natural disasters. Do you have any views on what we might be looking for in that regard? Yeah, um, I would say that it, it really, let me go back to my notes here. Um, we are definitely looking at more increase in crazy weather patterns, and I think that's going to happen well into the 20s. Uh, I, I do think um, there are cycles that are happening right now that are peaking out, particularly into 220 and 221. This also parallels the, um, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and also the um, what we call a, a 240-year mutation conjunction coming up exactly on the winter solstice of 2020. And because of that, it's magnifying, in my opinion, a lot of things. Uh, it's magnifying political things, geopolitical things, and also potentially cataclysmic things. Um, I don't think the world's going to end, but I think we're going to see weather patterns that are be 
becoming increasingly more intense. You know, many people don't believe in the chemtrails, but they're painting the skies. And um, all you got to do is look up and see it. Uh, this has been claimed to be weather control. I think some of this is an attempt to even negate some of these things that, the, that they're trying to do. And I don't know that it will. Um, um, you don't have to have an opinion on this next question, but do you yeah. think that... Um, because do you think that our weather situation is a cycle, or do you think it has to do with uh, global warming being man-caused or some combination of the two? I, de- I think it's definitely a combination of the two. There's no question all that we're doing is having a huge effect. But I also think it. Um, there there are some people, and, and I am one of them, that believes we have uh, – we're passing through – some people have called it um, Orfica, which is a 13th sign, and there's this whole thing about Nibiru and all this, and gas clouds, and, and many people have speculated that my encounter issue was bringing that up. But I think over the next probably 20 years, we're going to see some serious stuff happening because of alignments like that that we're passing through. It never ends. It never stops. If you look back through history, um, there's been major cataclysms on this planet consistently and i don't think we're ever going to see the end of it but i think this is a peak time right now particularly over the next three or four years into 2000 the early 220s i think we're going to hit the roaring 20s technologically though i think we're going to be blown away with what we see in genetics material research and technology we're we're just getting going oh i agree with that just Um, getting robots and computers are going to blow our minds my better half has one question that she asked me to ask terry asked me to ask you um what coming up is good that we can all look forward to i i think that that with all these growing pains Technology has a double-edged sword. You know, a lot of people always think, oh, technology's bad. It's like when the car came in. Oh, it was all bad. It's actually served humanity quite well, and I think we're That's how I got to the station today. (laughs) Hey, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how we're talking on this telephone. Right. So, I mean, I think we, we really have an amazingly bright future. I'm much more optimistic. I really think this planet, no scientist can explain what the heck holds us at the degrees we're at, the seasons of the sun, the 23-degree angle of the Earth. No scientist can explain that. Gravity doesn't explain it. And the synchronicity, the more you look at ancient astrology and you see the angels and the divinity that it references, you can't get this from modern astrology. It's breathtaking. I really think this is the soul cauldron. And I always say, forget Trinity, Neo, and Morpheus. This is the real matrix. All right. Well, we're coming up on the end of the show. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about how they can find out more about you? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. If they go to my website, Jeff at JeffHarman.com, and that's A-N, not O-N, um, email is probably by far the best. I have a, a really wonderful wife who is also a great partner, and she is absolutely amazing at helping people and scheduling things. So it's uh, I'm very blessed to have her. And I assume they can find you on some social media as well? Yeah. I um, She takes care of all that, but, yeah, I, I'm, I believe I'm on there. <laughs> you sound like me. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, we have really enjoyed having you on here. Uh, I have really enjoyed oh, listening you. to you. Um, and I enjoy the the positivity that you that you bring to a lot of these 
these potential situations. Uh, well, I, really I really do. It. I think we're souls having a physical experience, and I really don't believe anyone dies. Jyotish and Vedic astrology absolutely, in my opinion, proves it. I think um, I think we're all sojourners here. On the st- it's like Shakespeare said, all of life is a stage, and we're the actors on it. Well, thank you very much. You've been listening to Jeff Harmon here on Radio Wasteland. Thanks for checking us out. All right, and welcome back to Radio Wasteland. You were listening to our guest, Jeff Harmon, as he was telling us what to expect in 2018. So what do you think? I think he was right. I think he was right, too. But do you think it had anything to do with astrology as to why he was right? Uh, No, probably not. That sounds dismissive, though, so... Do you believe in werewolves, Sean? Yes. And do you think that they could change by the light of the full moon? No. So you believe in werewolves, but you don't think that it has anything to do with the moon? I think there are a rash of, like, upright canine sightings across the world that deserve some explanation. I see. I don't know about werewolves. You get why I was going with this, right? Sure. But if if, if a wolf man can be influenced (laughs) by the moon, why couldn't the rest of us be, uh, you know, by the solar system? Yeah, I just don't actually think that. Yeah. yeah. Here's my thing. There's a lot of stuff like, you know, there's cryptids, there's, you know, psychic powers or whatever. And my feeling on that is, you know, it's something weird out there that we don't understand. Mm. You know, that's, that's fine. Astrology... I don't know. I, I'll admit there are lots of weird coincidences and stuff. I just, I don't see the logic behind it. I don't see, like, the mechanism by which it's supposed to work. Right. So I so found... I, I have a hard time with that. I found that as people get older, they either become incredibly stuck in their ways and sort of grumpy old people. Yeah. Or they become just sort of really open to the possibility because they've kind of seen it all. And yeah. I think I'm pushing my way towards the second <laughs> Um, although my wife would argue with me with that because she says I'm turning into my dad because I'm getting incredibly picky about the food I eat. But, right. Um, you know, it's like over the years I have made fun of astrology thinking like, you know, what the hell is that? But then I read the stuff and then I look up the stuff and I read my cards and people like tell me things and it's like dead on. But I yeah. got to admit, I also take these tests online, you know, about like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so do I. What Harry Potter house am I? And then they tell right. me, and I'm just a whoa, man. I'm totally Hufflepuff. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I do that too, but that's just because I'm self-centered. Are you a Hufflepuff? No, I'm a Slytherin. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. So is my daughter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's a hateful bitch too. Right. Well, <laughs> you know. Am I yeah. allowed to say that? And well. I mean, only you can know what you're allowed to say about your daughter. <laughs> She's not really. I'm just. Yeah. That was more well, direct. I am. That was more directed at you. Sean. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. So, as is often the case, this makes me think of a bit of media. Normally, it's a book that it makes me think of, but in this case, it normally was a movie. it's a movie. Oh, good. Normally, well, it then, is a movie. <laughs> then in this case, it is a movie. Yeah. When he was talking about all the alignments and everything coming together, it totally made me think of the Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, could, I can and see And that, that, like, everything's coming into conjunction, and I imagine, like, Donald Trump dressed up like a Skeksy, <laughs> and, you know, they're all doing their thing, and, hmm. <laughs> you know, I feel like, you know, Hillary's a Gelfling, maybe. I really, I, I don't like Trump. 
I'm sorry. That has nothing to do with anything. Girl, just... I can't even joke about this. <laughs> I just don't like Trump. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just I can't talk about politics for any amount of time without like registering that periodically, just so. Yeah. So I can drain that abscess and get on with having rational discourse. So. Are you one of the people that every time the news or something says President Trump, you kind of snort a little? Y- yeah. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> I, in my case, it's more of a choked-off splutter. But it's kind of... <laughs> God. Yeah, well, it was interesting him saying that the future is going to drastically change because of technology. You know, this doesn't have much to do with, yeah. with astrology, what I'm about to say, but it is drastically yeah, going agree. to change <laughs> because of technology. And he is totally right that our economy is changing. So Our economy is fairly unsustainable right so, a lot of people like have forgotten can. this but a couple of years back mm-hmm. it was all over the news that they were thinking about how our country needed to go to a four-day work week yeah and it was on the news for about two weeks and then all of a sudden it was gone and the news was like full of stories about how americans are working harder than ever before and working longer hours and all this stuff And I'm just like, you know, what is up with our economy? Because here's the deal. I eat eggs every morning. Sure. Back in the day, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'd have to have my chickens and they go around and I, you know, wait for their little butts to pump out an egg. And then I uh, hopefully get an egg without a chicken in it and I make some eggs. Right. That's that's how it works. And uh, maybe I drink a glass of milk. And I go out and I milk my cow's udders and I get myself a glass of milk and all is good. Now one man is providing enough milk for thousands of people. Literally one man yeah, is running the machines to provide this for thousands of people. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. And this is the case with just about everything that we eat, consume, or need to live. Yeah. So what is up with our economy? Shouldn't we need to work less? Not more. Yeah, you know, I, I, I actually say that a lot. It's like we built labor-saving machines, and then everyone's like, there's no jobs. It's like, dude, we built these so we wouldn't have to work as hard. Right. Like, that was the point, but it, it got lost in translation Right, and then point. so now everybody does need to work as hard, yet right. the work isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because, I mean... The gains of automation are consolidated in the few offshore bank accounts. <laughs> well, to, to me, this is proof of a power grab. Yeah. You know, to me, it is it is concrete proof of a power grab yeah. of some sort. And I'm not going to say it's the right or the left. I really don't know. You know, here, here's the left are. saying that, you know, we need to pay to help everybody to live this life. So it's all nice and beautiful, you know. But on the on the flip side, here's the right saying that. We need more jobs for everybody, and everybody needs to, you know, live like a homesteader and totally be your own man. They're kind of both saying the same thing, that, you know, the that these jobs and the ability to take care of yourself and stuff should be there, yet it is not there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. They're, they're reacting, I think, to the, the same trend from, from automation. The puppet masters. Yeah. See, I 
I am generally on this show like the person who will scoff at conspiracies, basically, because I, I think just fundamentally based on what I know about human nature, it's hard to get 30 people to go along with anything that is even remotely complex without, especially if there's any reason for one person to break ranks. Right. So, you know, in any like thing where it would require a complex conspiracy of silence or like secret cooperation, I generally don't believe that. But if it's something where just everyone acts in their own best interest and it turns out the most powerful people all have roughly the same interests, I like that's just fact. <laughs> right. So I think that's what's going on. Well, I, I made a note here to a story that I was going to tie into this somehow, and I can't remember how I tied it into it. So I'm just going to tell you the story anyway, because okay, it's really great. funny before we go to our break. Um, my daughter has a friend who has gone to Japan to study abroad. She's learning Japanese as her major. Mm-hmm. And so here we are in America. She's from California. She's from Southern California. So she's like, you know, recycling and, you know, everything. You know, all all the stuff that – all about recycling. Let's stick with recycling. You know, we're all about the uh, environment and recycling. California, right? So she moves to Japan. And in Japan, apparently, they recycle everything. And so she has seven bins – and she's supposed to take all of her trash and she's supposed to wash it <laughs> and separate it into seven bins. Goodness. This girl from Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much for her. So what she does is she bags up all of her trash and she goes, dubs it at the convenience store so that they can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and and so she doesn't have to do all this recycling. Yeah. All right, I just think it's hilarious that... <laughs> I, I would agree. That That is very funny. And, you know... My wife nothing... was washing out a mayonnaise jar as we're talking about this, you know, uh, before I came down here, and we're talking about how funny she is. This has nothing to do with anything either, but, you know, the Japanese really don't like their stuff touching each other. You know, they... Culinarily, they hate food mixing. That's like the reason for your bento boxes uh, with different types of food, like put in different little cordons. My mother-in-law feels the same way. Right. So it's like, it's a culture wide version of that. So I, yeah. I wonder if, I mean, I, I'm sure it's some efficiency thing, but they're like, just all, uh, that goes in the mayonnaise <laughs> box. Right. Exactly. And that one it's goes a... in the mayonnaise box. Yeah. All right. You're listening to radio <laughs> wasteland. When you come on back, we got the news. All right, welcome back to Radio Wasteland. You got any news for us, Sean? Uh, yes, I do. All right. And it's topical because I didn't think it would be topical, but it is because we happen to be talking about increases in technology. Mm -hmm. And I am happy or maybe scared to report that we are inching steadily closer towards practical utilitarian mind reading. Okay. You know, during this whole time, I was ready to have to uh, tiptoe around this topic because I thought you were going someplace else with this. Because uh, it's been all over the news about the the sex robots. Okay. So I thought you were going this <laughs> Okay. So let me switch gears here in my head. We're going to mind reading, actual practical applications of mind reading. Yes. So in a study they did with... Um, Basically, patients who are locked in or otherwise, like, maybe they have a little bit of movement, but they're mostly unable to communicate. Oh, okay. Um, Vegetative or 
Well, I guess that would be your brain controlling. Yeah. Well, but, uh, you know, we're talking about people who like maybe they can move one eyelid or whatever. Okay. And they can kind of communicate by those means and, um, and that sort of thing. Stephen Hawking. Yeah, Stephen Hawking's a good example. If you've okay. ever seen that movie, uh, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Okay. It's all yeah. about. You have seen that. Yeah. Yeah, it's about the guy who can only move one eyelid and through basically that system of binary communication writes an entire book. Anyway, um, basically they uh, they put a bunch of apparatus on them, uh, essentially EEGs, I think, for measuring electrical activity. Mm -hmm. um, and then they just read a ton of words aloud to them for hours and mapped what their brains were doing while they were hearing that word, each word. And after that, they tested, can we figure out what word they're thinking of by looking at what the brain scan is telling us? Mm. And long story short, they could with a very high degree of accuracy, like above 90%. Holy smokes, are you serious? I am serious. And how quickly could they do it? Uh, I, well, they have to look at the, the scan. It's not, I don't believe it's an automated process yet, though. Right, but I... But presumably there is some level of, like, it's 95% similar to this other scan when they were hearing this word kind of thing. Right. I, so I'm it's... not sure. Un unfortunately, it, it really didn't go into, like, into the answer to that question, basically, but... Yeah, you know, I don't know if I like this. Yeah, well, I don't know if I like it either. Um, you know, much as I would... Well, I, I want to back up and say this isn't the first time probably most of us have heard about mind reading in the news. Right. Many, many years ago, actually, there was um, a study where basically someone... Basically, the computer printed out the image that was in your head. Um, and it was very crude, like... So in, in one case, the image, someone was looking at a picture of Steve Martin in the Pink Panther remake, mm -hmm. and then they uh, they had the machine say, okay, what is this person seeing based on their brain scan? And it sort of churned out this blobby, weird-looking version of it. And it, you couldn't tell it was Steve Martin, but you could tell it was a person, <laughs> you know. Well, the panther was pink, man. It was crazy. Right. So... So we've we've been here for a while, but like this is is essentially the first time it's something where you could see it having a big impact in people's lives because you can use this technology on people who are locked in and make it easier for them to communicate. Right. You know, it's a it's a lot easier than someone, you know, standing there and pointing at each letter of the alphabet while they get a yes or a no, right, which is kind of the the way it often happens right but i mean but where does it go where does here, it go right? do i kidnap you and strap you in a chair and put a helmet on your head and tell you to try not to think of your pin number for your atm exactly. over and over and over until i extrapolate what that pin number is exactly yeah and i mean <laughs> i i'm pretty sure you know that the technology isn't quite there yet but it's it's close you yeah, know 90 percent confidence you know so. on the news the other day um they had a guy who had built um limbs for people who've lost limbs mm -hmm. and 
I've seen them before and I've seen people utilize them. Yeah. And I thought, hey, that's quite amazing. But the one thing they did differently on this show is they let the newscaster, they connected it all up to the newscaster who had an arm. Mm-hmm. And through moving his arm, was able to have the thing match it by reading uh, his muscle movements. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And in general, I love stories like this because I would describe myself as like an out-and-out transhumanist. Yeah. I always I want us all to merge with the machine. Like, that's what I want. Totally. But, I, I don't know, stories about the mind-reading thing make me uneasy because it's so easy to see the negative applications of that, you know, criminals could use it. Maybe a repressive government could, could haul your freedom fighters in and, <laughs> and slap a colander on their head and ask them questions. And, you know, they wouldn't be able to resist. Yeah. Well, I, I've been saying for quite some time that the right and the left politically are arguing about the utopia. You know, the left wants the utopia where we all take care of one another. The right wants a utopia where we're all capable of taking care of ourselves and the bottom line to me is that you can build a utopia, but if you fill it with crap flinging monkeys, <laughs> it's going to be a utopia with yeah. a lot of crap on it because we're just not ready yet. It doesn't matter how great the utopia you build is. It's what you populate yeah, it with. It's full of people. And we're just not ready yet. And, yeah. you know, I, I equate this to, I agree. you know, Prometheus <laughs> okay. gave us the fire too soon. <laughs> you know, we are yeah. unevenly yoked when it comes to society and technology. That's right. All right, you've been listening to Radio Wasteland. Thanks for checking us out. I was really in a fix of my very perfect. I really, really needed a cigarette. My own head like a space man. I couldn't dare. I didn't think too much about the speed The engine was burning. Everything was groovy. I was doing like a star, just like a James Dean movie. Singing out loud to the grateful dead. In my rear view mirror, flashes yellow and red. Oh, hey, Mr. Officer, thank God you pulled me over. Yeah, yeah my throttle was stuck and my seatbelt was stuck so I couldn't reach the brake pedal. And if you hadn't pulled me over, then... Well, I was going to say you don't smoke, do you? I suspended my mind to a little conjecture. Would I get the ticket or the speeding match? Felt kind of weird when the cars I passed started zooming on by me going twice as fast. My sick grandma to the hospital. She's having twins. Oh, she's in the trunk. She likes it in there because she can smoke. She's a vet. Gave the drunk test and inspected my car. Then proceeded to chat about his old Jaguar. He wondered if I'd ever even met his wife. Then he started in telling me the story of his life. And he waited and waited for the punchline. When he gave me the ticket and he'd say, please sign on it. Yeah, I'm sure without a doubt. Frustrated, I just prayed it out. Stop repeating yourself. What the hell is wrong with you? Are you lonely or something? You just blabber whatever you want to. Fuck me. If I was a psychologist, I'd be like, okay, your hour's up, so write me a check, but I'm not. You sound like a 14-year-old girl with boy problems and a phone. Stop polluting my consciousness with your incessant drivel. Are you sure you don't have a cigarette? There was a very long silence till he said, please sign. He was a little less friendly than a porcupine. Car went off to the auto 